This episode is brought to you by the generous donations of Matt Lewis, Daryl Delaney, Darren Katzka, Ryan Royce, Jessica Smith, Laura Pickren, Irene Viarito, Nico Batson, John Carey, the Cam family, and Charles Compton, as well as many others. Hello and welcome to Eberron Renewed, a D&D 5th edition actual play podcast set in the Eberron campaign setting. I'm your dungeon master, Eric. And I'm Philip. I'm Randy. I'm Jeff. And welcome to another episode. Gentlemen, what happened last time? Oh, not a lot. Stormreach is gone. Yep. So we we continued our, our assault up the sewer system. Uh, and the Lich was the final, because Echo was in the previous one, right? Yep. yep. Yeah, okay. So the Lich was our final boss battle. And uh, it turned out that instead of so much a Lich, it was Dex's brother, Chance, who is now dead. Yes. <clears throat> and we, along with a whole host of people. Yeah, we got a squad. Escaped onto our ship. And fled Stormreach. Because Stormreach was exploding behind us. Yes, uh, being attacked by the Riedrin army, yeah. apparently. And we took on a uh, a fleeing passenger as well towards the end before we left. Mm-hmm. And we promptly bound him. Because <laughs> yeah. we trust no one right now. <laughs> Fine line between passenger and captive. <laughs> <laughs> He's free to go whenever he wants. That's true. He's not captive. He's he's just bound. You're right. A choice. <laughs> we will we'll put him down wherever he wants to be. I would drop him right off the side of that boat. <laughs> that is not what I meant. <laughs> that's what I took. I mean, we'll put him you down. Can leave whenever the, you want. Well, I mean, that's put what him it down would. on the nearest piece of land. <clears throat> okay, There's islands. So uh, we are going to pick up uh, probably uh, a couple hours post the last episode. Uh, things have settled down. You all have uh, instructed Gerald to take you to the city of Greywald. Greywall. Uh, Greywald. <laughs> take you to the city of Greywall in the nation of Droam. Nation with air quotes around it since it's not recognized by the Treaty of Thronehold. But yeah, so let's go ahead and pick up <clears throat> with some small scenes of you all kind of dealing with the aftermath of what has been going on lately. So you all are in the cargo hold of the ship um, and would would you ha- who would you have asked to be there? I guess Dex is the question. Um, we can play it out just real quick with Booyah. I would ask him if he wants to, but since he did the killing, I don't know where he would feel about it. What do you think? Yeah, um, play that scene if you want. Yeah. Uh, hey, <clears throat> hey, listen, Booyah. Um, I'm gonna go. Me and Barrick, um, kind of do like a like a funeral last rites kind of thing. Um, not for what you killed, but for my brother whose body is now done. Uh, I wanted to invite you. I understand, given how it all played out, if you don't want to be there, uh, but I wanted to let you know. No, but Booyah, fine. Your brother for brother, Booyah, go. All right. So, uh, oh, I see. We don't have to invite Barrick. We just assume Barrick. No, uh, just uh, a token uh, religious uh, guy. In this I'm, get, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Uh, hey, Barrick, listen. Um, so I'm, I'm not. You know, I don't have any sort of faith or anything. And before whatever got inside of him, neither did Chance. But if his soul or life force or whatever is still out there, you know, somewhere, it, and no, I, I don't, 
I don't follow it, but I believe in the silver flame. I've seen what it can do, what it does through you. And so I was wondering if you'd be willing to do the, you know, the fire thing ritual to him. So maybe if chances, you know, soul is still out there somewhere, if he can have some sort of peace. Yeah, I'll do that for you. I pre- I mean, I, kn- I know everything is weird right now, but honestly, looking between you and Crast, you're my guy. <laughs> so we take Chance's body and we put it into one of the... So it's just the party that's going to be there? I'm not going to turn anybody else away, but I'm going to invite anybody else either. I don't know okay. Charlie. I mean... <laughs> We're so hard on him. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I would let I would let Gerald and Crast both know that I was doing it if they wanted to be there to watch it, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they would show up or not. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I, I've had, did I even have a conversation with Lady Omeron? Nope. And I don't know, Charlie, I'm not, my first memory with Cassian will not be a funeral. <laughs> so yeah, it's just the, the five of us, if the other two decide they want to show up for it. Okay. And I will not, Dex will not take offense if they don't. Yeah. Okay. So you all are in the cargo hold of the ship. Um, the three of you standing around on um, one of the life skiffs uh, that was in the cargo hold of borrowed time. And Chance's body is laid respectfully in there. Um, you all do see uh, kind of standing away from you all. The proceedings uh, crashed, just keeping a respectful distance, but wanting to be there. Um, and yeah. Um, listen, I'm not one for a lot of words. Um, I mourned my brother a long time ago. This is just something. It just feels like maybe a little bit of closure uh you know i thought i was gonna have to bury another sort of brother not too long ago and standing here now like this that one was a lot harder to handle uh you know i don't what do we do we pray barrack i don't even know can i just be like hey silver flame if you can take care of him how you can or, or like what works just fine all right that's it and then what i just shove the boat out and let <laughs> so um you all open up the uh the large loading door for the cargo hold and the wind begins to rush by as you all are flying through the air over the sea. Um, and it, it doesn't take much to gently push the life skiff out of the back of the ship as it begins to float away into the distance. Uh, Beric um, kind of watches it drift for a bit uh, and then makes a simple gesture with his hand um, and creates bonfire on the skiff. Uh, and as he does, um, he says quietly, my lady, a soul comes to your domain. See him safe. So flashing forward um, a bit, uh, I'm assuming, Booyah, that you are continuing to read through the book in your downtime. Um, Yes. Okay. So you're reading through the book and you begin reading a story about flame and fire. And it's clear that this is about some kind of paladin of what you've come to learn as the silver flame, um, righting wrongs. And um, it's actually a story about them uh, interposing themselves in a trial during the lycanthropic purge and saving an innocent person from being killed. Um, and your mind begins to wonder, again, thinking about the the terms that they're using, a flame and shadow and all of this. And your mind goes back to a night with Veril where you remember just being potentially at your lowest point ever. Just days ago, you saw your village burn away and Veril came and saved you and up to this point you had not spoken to him you had not said a word um you were just despondent about what had happened and Veril had tried to engage with you 
multiple times, but to no avail. And so on this particular night, there's a small fire going in the Zendrick jungle. And Veril walks up with uh, an armful of firewood in a small cloth bag of leaves and twigs and small tinder. And he sits down and looks at you and kind of nods his head. I know that your struggle is far worse than what most people in this life will ever have to endure. Booyah. I was not there. I do not know what happened, but, and he gestures to the symbol on his uh, left breast of his tunic that is a longbow firing an arrow wrapped in silver flame. This, uh, I don't suppose we've ever talked about where I came from, who I was before you met me in your village. But when times like, when times like these occur, I think back to this and its teachings. I'm, I'm what's known as a hunter. We, we seek out the good and the bad in life and try to keep the flame alive. There are people in my home nation that have a lot of things to say about what the flame is, but for me it is hope, it is will, it is drive, and you have that booyah. You do, I've seen it, but with any flame, the things that this horrible thing called life throws at you is fuel for the fire, and he picks up a log and tosses it on the fire, and after a second the fire grows. For hope, our drive pushes us. We burn away the things that life throws at us, and it makes us stronger, more hopeful, more driven. But if we don't, if we don't burn that away, if we don't let our hope and will guide us, then our flame grows weaker. And he throws a particularly large log onto the fire, and the flame's kind of dim. And some things are too much for one person to burn away, too much for one person to deal with. And unless you find the flame of others, then... And he upturns the cloth sack full of leaves and dry twigs and just smoke begins billowing as the fire's light dims out. Even the smallest things can be that which kills our flame. And if we hold it all in, the flame dies, our hope dies. But, and he reaches behind him and grabs the torch that he had just been using to go gather firewood. If you let other people give you their flame, help guide you, give you hope, and he touches the torch to the leaves and twigs and they begin to catch then your flame grows stronger their flame grows stronger that's what i believe and what i try to do is if all of us shared our flame nothing that life throws our way even something as horrible as what's happened to you can kill our hope so i'm not saying that you have to be okay i'm not saying you have to put a smile on your face and walk a happy trail. But Booyah, if, if you continue down this path, there's no turning back. Your hope will die, your drive will die, and the shadow will consume you. And just like I'm offering my help, if you help others, your flame grows too. Friend Veril, speak wise word. Booyah, Booyah, think on this. It's hard. Dula, Dula gone. Dula probably dead. Sad place. But Booyah, Booyah, think on Veril words. If you need me, Booyah, do not hesitate to ask. I will gladly help you. You'll always be here, Booyah, since, since, since you, you know, since. And with that, the memory fades away and you find yourself looking at the book and slowly close it. Okay, Eric. Yes? <clears throat> which conversation would you like to have? <laughs> um, I'll let you kind of direct things, but following the funeral, which I presume took place the night we took off, uh, since you said a couple hours, um, Barrett in that sort of, um, uh, in the sort of non-confrontational way that he learned uh, from a life as a illegitimate child in the aristocracy, um, 
has apparently given up his bedroom. Yeah. Um, so he just sort of goes back up onto the deck and uh, begins to meditate. Um, he goes, rather than settling into the sort of cross-leg position that he previously did, does has done when contemplating uh, the flame, just begins to move through some of the for- sword forms that that he's been learning. Um, and so it, it looks very like, you know, Tai Chi or something like that. Just very slow, fluid movements uh, from one position to another. Um, and as he does, he kind of opens his mind to Erebus and asks, not out loud, I think, but in his mind, what happened? What did I feel with the pact before all of this? Best I can guess, um, much like we joined with the Raven's pact and then Selvarens, it it felt like somebody else had joined two packs together. Would it have needed to be close for you to feel that? I I do not believe so. I based on what we felt, I would venture that every pact holder was aware when you joined your packs and Very well. I need to know how to find I need a way to find I I feel if we were in close enough proximity I could sense them, but not from a great distance. Perhaps perhaps the woman that we spoke to called herself the Raven may know, since she was aware of you. I don't know how to contact her. Well, I don't know of a convenient way <laughs> to contact her. Yes, let's not do that again. <clears throat> I mean... It did work. You do have a connection with her. You could try, as absurd as it may sound, praying, speaking into the void to her, and seeing what comes back. Have you tried that? Well... No, in the same way that most people don't just try to speak to something that lives on another plane. Ah, because I didn't know that was an option. All right. And Beric, Beric just thinks, he just contemplates the feeling of dying, the feeling of dolor around him, um, and reaches out into the silence. In your mind's eye, everything goes black as if your mind were truly empty and no thoughts could enter. And then things begin to turn a misty gray and the mist parts and you see a familiar figure seated, smiling. It's been a while. And I didn't know we could do this. So neither did I. That's interesting. I need to know how to find the other pacts. Oh, I need to know how you found me, how you sensed me. I need to know how to find the others. Well, that's, I was able to, Sense you and the others by virtue of my position not being on the material plane. So um, I would not recommend that you try my method, but <clears throat> I could attempt to reach out and locate one of them. It's I, it's going to require a great bit of strength on my part, but I'm more than happy to help. I will just need some time to recuperate before I can perform this again. But I could give you a name and a location. I need it. Okay. The gray mist emanate and pulse away from uh, the raven for a moment as she closes her eyes and you see her eyelids and eyelashes flitter as she is in deep concentration. And then there's a sudden intake of breath as her eyes open and she catches her breath. The closest one to you is a an elf, an elf, an elf named Arsel Dithorn. He is currently in... Say the last name again. Dithorn. Um, he is currently in the countryside, the western reaches of Breland, near 
the border with Droan. Anything you can tell me about him? He seems dangerous. Um, based on what I can sense from him, he's been in possession of his pact for quite some time and has learned to use it quite lethally. Um, he was an, a Valinar elf that was a mercenary during the last war. And based upon what I can see, he still is seeking out his enemies from the last war and killing them. Thank you. Uh, I would say my pleasure, but that was quite a lot of work. Um, be well, Beric. I have seen you from afar, and I hope that I can't think of another way to put this. I hope you know what you're doing. I assure you that I don't, but I'm going to do my best to do it anyway. You need me again. I'll be here. All right. And yes, your eyes open. You're back on the deck. Um, and well, that was something. Yes. Yes, it was. Last question. The thing that came out of Echo that looked very similar to the thing that came out of Lord Amanatu. Do you know anything about that? It felt familiar, but I don't know any more knowledge than you possess. What was Echo when he came back? I, do you know, I do. I, I knew that he was not undead. That's, he was a living, breathing Echo. I see. Mills. You hear Dex say, he was a great A. Dewey. That's what he was. <laughs> okay. Right, continue talking to your sword. I'll go back. <laughs> he's just doing, he's just jogging laps on the deck. Gotta stay in shape. <laughs> okay. So you had another scene in mind that you wanted to play out. Do you want to go ahead and do that? Yeah, sure. As you make your pass, Beric sweeps the leg. <laughs> <laughs> and I take that opportunity to say, that was a, that was a good one. Hey, man, you got a minute. I oh, this scene. Okay. That's, that's the only one I was thinking of. As I understand there. it, we have two weeks. Right. Well, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Perhaps I should push this conversation until we're getting closer to not having to be on the <laughs> boat together. But, you know, I already started. Hey, listen, um, we, we, we've been in free time mode for a little bit, right? Like, yeah, that's just, that was my plan. I This conversation hinges on the fact that Barrick has been noticeably different. Slightly, if, if, if not in a better mood, at least not showing how bad of a movie <laughs> in a less drunk mood at that time that too that's true he is not drinking on the ship i say um, hey listen i didn't know how to talk to you about this because you haven't been the same guy that i knew since you reincarnated no that's not the word died. since you yeah well not the died part you were very different when you died but since you came back particularly right um and i didn't know i don't know i'm not good at uh keeping people's uh feelings in mind when i talk to them so I thought it was best if I just don't for a while till you're ready. But this combination of being sober and being in a, what appears to be a more, uh, just a better mood in general. And also we're stuck on this boat together. Um, I got to tell you, Barry, there's a while there where I was afraid I did the wrong thing by bringing you back. Not that I don't want you here in the sense that I thought you hated being alive again. I thought that you were angry at me we are you were you are you did i do the wrong thing there are a lot of scholars of my faith there are a lot of scholars of the silver flame that would say yes and they would say it's a great sin to resurrect someone who dies uh because the souls of those who die souls of the i don't know virtuous sounds wrong but souls of the virtuous join the flame strengthen it strengthen its its bonds against to bind the the demonic overlords that it holds at bay uh, but I wasn't going anywhere near it. I couldn't. I can't. I can't join it. Something about this pact means that I can't. I can't move beyond the underworld. So we gotta. We gotta finish it. I mean, you gotta finish it. But I'm here, so I may as well do what I can to help you. Right. That seems to be the case. So that you know, like the next time you die, I just kind of can let it go. Yes. All right. 
here's the thing. I want you to know I didn't. I mean, first off, I don't know any of that stuff. I know. But I didn't set out to bring you back to life. Uh, my goal was to make sure that whatever needed to happen to your body so that you could do whatever was supposed to happen to you in the afterlife would happen. But then when the opportunity came, I couldn't say no. Oh, it was my father. It was his obsession. Right. He meant to bring back my mother. Right. I don't know. I suppose he probably wasn't trying to do that when he brought me back, but that was his purpose. Kira explained it to me. It's his obsession since once he found out she was dead. I don't actually know how he found out, but uh, I don't know what to say. Uh, I Being here is a reminder of what I'm cut off from. And while I was there, I, my mother's there. Every every ancestor, everyone who carries one of these one of these pacts, is stuck there. I can't move on till it's done, and all of that's on me. And I know that only you can fix it, but there's nothing saying you have to do it a hundred percent by yourself, right? No. <clears throat> I am not sad that you're alive. I do not apologize for the fact that I need you here. And when I had the opportunity to bring you back, I took it. If you were in the ground somewhere, or I guess a flame, at one point, uh, whatever thing we might be able to do to push back Riedra, whatever things we've done to fight shadows or whatever, that had all been done. It had all been somebody else's problem. Maybe Crest and Theradak could go fight that fight but i wouldn't be a part of it because i couldn't i will do what i can to ensure that the next time your number gets punched in the far far future uh there's nothing holding you back from where you need to go i appreciate that i feel like it's an even trade for screwing up and bringing you back the first time not your screw up ever made this pact well fair did you you still don't know when you were down there you didn't find anything more about that I mean, I'm, I found out that it that it is. Uh, I found out I found out a lot from from the Raven. She had she has some ability to see the other, the others who are still here, uh, and I can sense them when they're near. I knew Sevelrin and Ostroth were pact bearers before they showed it. That's why I had to kill Sevelrin. Mm-hmm. I need the other packs. Or I need more of them to be stronger to be able to do this. Well, I mean, let's go get them. It isn't that simple. They won't all be monsters. I understand. Somewhere out there, like like is not there's someone like me. Well, uh, let's let's take the ones from the monsters, and we'll deal with the other ones when we come to them. Hopefully, more monsters than not. Yes, you understand what I am afraid of. Inside the silver flame, there's something else. It's, it's held inside it. It's bound by the soul of Tiramiran. It's called it's called Belshalor. It's a, it's another kind of force. It's evil. I don't know what it is exactly, but it's it's a demon. It's a dark reflection of the flame it's something it's something else when we do the right thing for the right reason our connection to the flame grows stronger the flame grows stronger when we do the wrong thing for the right reason the shadow grows strong we think to do this do what has to be done the pact with the reedrins with whatever it is whatever the dream thieves are that ostroth said the pact was made to fight i think that to do this i will have to i will have to do a lot of lo- a lot of wrong things for the right reason um. <clears throat> I'm, I wasn't, I didn't, I don't know these things, Barry. You know, um, I think that you're not wrong. There's going to be some wrong things for the right reason. We've done them and we're going to keep doing them because this is not a black and white thing. And there's a lot of sticky, scary, weird stuff happening. Um, But one guy or one group of people occasionally doing the wrong thing for the right reason. When compared to all those people in Thrain who, who worship the silver flame, live to its 
glory and do the right thing for the right reason and keep that flame staying strong. Um, I'm not trying to trivialize what you're going through or what you're afraid of. I wouldn't do that. I mean, I would, just not right now. Um, but what good is a silver flame keeping back? What's a Belshalor? Yeah. You know that? What good is a silver flame keeping that back if the world's been turned by the reentrance? If there's a lot of people out there doing the wrong thing for the wrong reason. If you think a consequence of fighting this is, is adding to that dark flame in the middle, but not fighting this is destroying everything. We got to fight this, right? Yep. And you're packed as far as wrong things for right reasons. Feels like, to me, a drop in the bucket of wrong thing. It's not my pact, and I don't believe this stuff, so I can't imagine how it, or I didn't grow up believing these things, so I can't imagine how it hurts you from an outsider's perspective. We're going to do what we got to do. Yes, yes, we are. Hey, still going? No, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> well, got a long time on this boat. Um, <laughs> you want to, like, Play I don't some know, cards, do push-ups contest? Booyah, did you have another scene that you wanted to do? Um, Any conversations? Thinking, what if uh, after Booyah had closed that book, got out, he had gotten into a pouch and pulled out a, the, a badge that maybe Veril had given him? Okay, and started to sew it onto his leather. Okay, um, and and you do recognize this badge as being the same thing that Rickard wears on his leather as well. Um, Rickard, <laughs> yes. Did we give him water? Have we been feeding him? <laughs> Me. <laughs> um, yeah, so he knew what he was getting Booyah into. He closes the book and picks out, I guess, a badge or whatever that would be called that something Veril had given him a long time ago and begins to sew it onto his leathers. Um, as you're sewing and just kind of living in your, your own space, in your own mind, uh, you hear footsteps approach and somebody sit down across from you Um where would Booyah be reading? In his quarters? Or? Yeah, he'd be in his quarters. Okay, then you hear a uh, knock on the door. Come in, door not lock. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I I was looking for Booyah. Yeah, Booyah me. I I don't believe we've been introduced. I'm Bornell. Nice to meet you. Oh, you king. Uh, nice to meet you, King Bornell. Nice to meet you, Booyah. I don't know your job or else I would designate you. Booyah. Booyah. Mm, Hunter. Hunter Booyah. Okay. Um, I was... Looking for Gerald, I got turned around on this airship. Um, what's what's that? And he gestures to the badge. His badge friend Ranger gave Booyah long long time ago. The the hunters, right? Yes. I I knew some of them. I used to go down to Zendrick quite often, uh, to get artifacts and run around in my youth doing the things that young men do. Steal precious artwork for the good of the Commonwealth. You know, <laughs> yeah, Booyah, so bad, John. Booyah, struggle long time, want do better, make better Booyah for, for son. And Booyah, think it is time to sew on badge. If, if it is okay, Booyah, I don't even know if okay to sew badge, but Booyah, sewing badge, John. Well, hunters that I ran with, they seemed pretty informal. You didn't need to take any rights or anything to be one of them. You just needed to believe that the best thing you can do is help other people and allow yourself to be helped. Booyah, try hard for that. Booyah, it was a pleasure to meet you. You want me to take to Gerald? Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. Okay. Um, and so, as you all are walking, how did you... You're you're traveling with a, a changeling from Sarlona and a Breelish, uh member of the aristocracy. It seems like a odd place for a Zendrick goblin to be. It's an odd place. 
But Booyah here. Booyah no have other place go. Booyah stuck in jungle long time drow. And now with with friends. Well, it's always good to be around friends. That's quite a crossbow you got there on your back. Somebody left in his room. He's about to go blind. <laughs> <laughs> I had that thought of like, would Booyah have it? He does because otherwise he is blind. So yeah, yeah this is good crossbow. <laughs> well, uh, and you all arrive at the pilot area. Helm. It's the helm. helm. Yeah, but the it's not helm. in the same position. I'd... It's still called the helm. Wherever the ship is driven from, it's <laughs> called the helm. The steering wheel. Hey, Gerald, booyah, bring King Bornell. Meet you. What? Oh. Tubular. What's up, man? <laughs> okay. Um, I would also like to read from the book some more about this, looking for the things that I told you I was going to be looking for. Okay. Um, go ahead and... Booyah, Mark. Um, I mean, how many hours are you at now? 48. 48. <laughs> we got two weeks. How many does he need? Book. Go and mark another 15 to represent just part of this journey. Every oh, day. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, there's boat stuff to do. Rigging stuff. Rigging stuff. Go ahead and uh, looking for the things that you're looking for. Mark down. 63. Five. Currently. And Dex is also reading uh, an Archie comic that he found. <laughs> Uh, outside of a bar in storm range. Are still try- book? You're yeah. still trying to read the writing on your cloak. Uh, I'm not studying the language. <laughs> I just stare at the writing every couple of days, see if something jumps out. I just feel I feel so good about it. Mm-hmm. Like I can do this. Um, All right, no, fine. So yeah, so Cassian and I every every couple of days, not every day, for not long, but uh Cassian and Dex disappear to somewhere else on the ship because Dex is trying to occupy Cassian's mind. He just lost his dad. And also, we're getting back into an urban environment for a while, it seems, and so Dex wants to hone his skills back up. This Part of this was my impetus for taking another rogue level when we leveled up. Honing my skills, teaching him how to... Well, and the the method that the funny image that I had in my head is, uh, let's say you all are in a dark space in the cargo hold, uh, but... Cassian still gets a little antsy if Charlie disappears for too long because that's just the person that he knows. Sure. And so you blindfold Charlie and force him to stand <laughs> and <laughs> like a thinking dummy. Yeah. Um and good. Charlie does not approve of any of this, but what's he gonna do? Yeah. So yeah, sure. That's great. Uh and I, I do inform Cassian that his final exam is that he has to steal something off of um Booyah, but he can't touch the weapons. <laughs> and he has to and he has to try to trick Barrick just somehow tell him something's happening somewhere else in the ship that's not an emergency to see if he how his deception skills are okay and he has to successfully hide from Charlie for 2 hours <laughs> okay so for the first thing i'm going to let you roll since you're training Cassian okay uh so sleight of hand check against Booyah's passive perception which is uh, it's a six. I don't do sleight of hand often enough to know my thing. Your sleight of hand? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's letting me do my quick study. Yeah. Well, not really. My sleight of hand is actually kind of low. What is my, what is sleight of hand? What does it go off? Oh, there it is. Uh, yeah, it's a 10. 17. Yeah. Um, so. Hey, you, what do you do? <laughs> What's he trying to get? Just just some something that wasn't a weapon. If you just reached into the bag. <laughs> oh Christ. No. Oh yeah, yeah. He's like trying to reach into the bag and Booyah's like nope. swats his hand. Cassian, what, what do you do? Get in Booyah. That bag dangerous. You know ever get in bag. What are you doing? And Cassian just takes off running down the hall. Um I like to think that I have informed 
<laughs> at least Charlie, so he doesn't freak out. <laughs> and Booyah. Maybe not Barrett, because the whole thing is lying. Okay, so. To him. Booyah knew. Booyah knew. He, he was going to try something, but did not expect him to go into the bag of, whole, <laughs> the, the bag of wondrous, terrible items. Okay, go ahead and give me a deception roll to convince Barrett of something. Now, this one um, might. This pa- one, okay. Passive insight, so 10 plus your insight. Okay. Yeah, that's a 26. <laughs> okay. So what is Cassian trying to. Cassian runs up to Barrett. And tells Barrick that that Dex is dead. No, no, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to. I'm trying to rope. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> that Dex is trying to. I'm trying to rope Oriana into this. To, See, I I just had a really funny thought that but, Dex could have told Cassian to say without being weird about it, but like, um, just Dex screwing with Barrick of like Cassian walking up and say. Like Lady Omerin told me, she really, really, really <laughs> wants to see you in your room. <laughs> How is that not being creepy? Well, because Cassian wouldn't understand. Like she just really wants to see him right how, now. How, how old? How old is he? Um, He's a kid. He's six. Like six. Ferris's age. You should have had Ferris in here. I could have had him say things. Um, no, God, I, I, I can't think of a good funny one. Um, yeah, yeah. How about this? Dex tells Cassian, "You've got to convince Barrick that Lady Omeron was looking for him, and she's and she." But Lady Omeron told Dex while you were in earshot. Lady Omeron told me, uh, "Have you seen Barrick? If you do, tell him I'm looking for him, and he'll know why." But she didn't say that. Yeah. to him, he overheard it, and he's the next, just the next person that sees Barrick, and he rolled a twenty-six. So this <laughs> flimsy crap lie. <laughs> Terrible. Life. I think you should have had to roll with disadvantage. What was it? Basically, Cassian overheard Lady Omerin saying to me, uh, "Have you seen Barrick?" And I said, "No." I said, "Well, when, if you see him before I do, tell him I'm looking for him. He'll know why." It's bad. Um, it's not good. Okay. Barrick walks up to Lady Omerin, who's presumably standing somewhere normal doing <laughs> something else, and saying, "You wanted to see me?" Oh. And you see Dex and Cassian That's laughing, and, <laughs> and, and, and Cassian, but, but Cassian falls over giggling. <laughs> Peric looks over at Dex and goes, "This is it." I mean, and, and, is- and I and I look at Barrick and say, "Well, you've been a little touchy lately. I guess I could have said Dex fell off the boat, but I felt like maybe not giving you a heart attack, or I could have said Oriana fell off the boat, but it seemed like this was a little le- lower stakes, right?" But doesn't even put me in a weird, funny position or something. Like, there's where's where's the where's the comedy? The kid thought it was hilarious. <laughs> no, I can see that. That's- I can see that. It's his training, not ours. And I'm going to say based off right. your stealth modifier that, I mean, Charlie just spends the day looking for him and yeah. just cannot find him. And that's, yeah, and that's, that's the other thing is I tell Charlie, today is the day he's hiding from you. I know where he is and he's safe, but go try to find him. Does this involve Rickard at all? No. I feel like we should, in that amount of time, somebody probably would have. Well, Barrett told Crast to ask the questions that needed asking. To Rickard. Yeah. To Rickard. So, uh, to not make you play out a scene with yourself. Do you want to tell us how that resolves? So what do we um, know about Rickard at this point? Uh, just through talking with Crast, he has uh, told you all that, I mean, Rickard checks out. Um, he's a member of an organization called the Hunters of the Flame, which is an offshoot of the Silver Flame that left Corvair a couple hundred years ago uh, because of differences in doctrine. Um, but they're good, honest people. He doesn't... he. He knows enough about the Hunters of the Flame without seeming like he researched it to as a cover story. So it's in that good middle area 
where I, I trust him. He seems seems on the up and up, just a, a man that didn't want to die that day. Well, then in that case, he's been untied since we heard that story. Yeah. yeah. And I'm assuming Booyah probably would have spent a little bit of time with okay. him as well, since that's what he is. Yeah. Okay. Is there space here for an Orianus? Sure. Okay. Uh, I have the imagine of, <laughs> of Oriana mimicking Barrick's Tai Chi. Okay. Um, because I have a little girl, and anytime she sees someone doing strain, doing something strange, which is exactly what happens. Yeah. She begins attempting to parrot it. Um, this doesn't have to play out at, at length. This is just an, a thing that I imagine happens. Okay. And so Oriana begins joining Barrick for his morning practice, essentially. Okay. I didn't think mine was going to play out either. Hence, not having a very good... <laughs> it should have been... It should have been... Cassian runs up scared, saying Dex and Oriana have been practicing too. They started talking about smoke bombs and now they're trying to build one in the deck uh, below deck that would have been yeah that would have been that would have sent you running or somebody looked in some or i found this or just walks up with something innocuous i found this in a bag with in booyah's room (laughs) um um, through your short conversation initial conversation with rickard um you you learn that he believes largely what vero believed about helping others and being open to other people and ideally living in a world where everybody does that with each other. And through that, the flames grow. Um, he would probably ask if he knew Beryl. It's all about Beryl. peace and love, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I never encountered anybody named Beryl in my time. Sorry. That's okay. Booyah. Just curious. So you invite Booyah to smoke some weird herbs he found in the jungle. Not hippies. Um, what you just described is exactly that. <laughs> Um, you gotta unplug, man. Gets along really well with Gerald. <laughs> I imagine he's probably gonna get along really well with everybody, but me, who was like, "Tie him up." <laughs> Essentially, what you glean from him is that the reason that they left was because they they disagreed with the the doctrines and the they wanted to just get down to the core of what the Silver Flame was about. So. By the way, Dex does apologize to Rickard uh, for that, but he apologizes to Rickard before somebody unties him and doesn't make any effort to untie him himself. He's like, Barrick's coming in a second to untie you. Or not, not, probably not Barrick. And Barrick doesn't know anything about this. Yeah. So. <laughs> Gerald. Because well, no. Dex sent Cassian to go get him, and Der- Barrick doesn't believe anything that Cassian says anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, no. Yep, sure, sure. Uh-huh. Okay. That's not true. While he's untying him, he apologizes to him. Um, it's it's okay. It was a tense situation, but thank you. Okay, final scene. Barrick summons the party uh, to his quarters, which is probably also... I was going to say, who's who's the party? Oh, which is probably also the first time that Barrick has spent any amount of time in his quarters on the trip, because, again, he just like entirely non-confrontationally wouldn't bring up the fact that Oriana and Paolo have occupied his room. Um, and so, yeah, he would summon Dex and Booyah. Um, Krast has been here for a while, so he would summon Krast uh, so that Eric has something to do. Um, I don't think he knows. I, I mean, I think Barrick views Rickard as a passenger. Rickard is a hitchhiker to Barrick. He's happy to have him along, take good care of him, drop him off at the next port. Um, More so than Charlie and Cassian? Uh, in the sense, yes, in the sense that um, I think 
Beric takes, I mean, assuming that the scene of Varen's death was reported to him, I think Beric sure. takes seriously the charge to, to keep them safe. Makes or, sense. Well, to keep Cassian safe. Um, I mean, <laughs> Beric no hates one, Charlie. No one charged us to keep Charlie safe. That's all I mean. That was not part of Varen's dying wish. Take care of my butler. <laughs> that was nowhere in there. Um, Beric's, you know. Okay. Anyway, would you. Omer and Bornell. I Gerald? guess I don't think you would feel the need to invite Gerald. Um, I, yeah, Gerald. For one thing, Gerald's driving the ship. Yeah, Gerald kind of needs to be where he's at. Yeah, and he, wanna... and he can't leave the boat once we get there. Like he could have some insight, right? But, but I mean, he, he can. Help. He really can. He can put on a cloak yeah, with no, a hood. You're absolutely right. Like, he totally can. It's really, it's really okay. We're deadly wanted by the government, and we walk around the streets and have only been attacked a few times. And what happens if he's attacked? He golden gods them turns into oblivion. Them into ash. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying the four of us defeated this Lyran this entire Lyrander airship. So really feel like we got this as far as protecting as far as sure. Gerald being safe. Anyway, uh that's not really the point, so we can just <laughs> cut that. Um yeah, he, he would he would invite Boronel out of probably nothing but habit. Yeah. Uh, just Boronel's Probably the king. <laughs> I think all of Dex's talk about the the the, the concerning element of er, anyone could be a changeling has started to make Barrett go. You know, I I haven't actually yeah. got any proof that this is the right board. Now. Well, you know what? Let's. <laughs> what could we do about that though? There's nothing. Well, I, and I was going to ask. It says in the original three point five changeling racial, you know, whatever. Yep. That. You changelings don't know other changelings, right? But I recognize, but you recognized your brother's like signature, so right? Style. Would you be so unless it's one of your brothers? Would you be able to tell? I guess not. No, I, was gonna, I wasn't even going to say. I was going to say, you know, the lich immediately recognized me. Could we? Could we propose that Bornell allow us to knock him unconscious to see if he turns back into a change? Wait, you can cast a spell magic. Well, could you ask That's him? That's not magic. I mean, it's a natural ability. A, cha- could, a changeling's ability is a magical ability. I, but Eric said in the first episode, or the third episode, he was going to cast a spell magic on me to drop the illusion. Does that work? Is that how changelings work? I mean, I'm assuming Beric has a lot of knowledge of King Bornell and history and family type stuff. Could he like <laughs> just, just, who just, just heard question him and, and see if he That's knows answers? Not like a unfair. lie detector. Sits down and does a does a Bornell trivia night. Yeah. I have made this family tree with several Without blanks. Fill them in, spelled correctly. <laughs> Cracking him on the head or something. Well, but if dispel magic works, that's a spell slot. I can do that. Like that's not a problem. Is I mean, that that is what was the spell contained within the glass orb that Booyah threw. Okay, so knowing a good bit about magic, I would know that that's. I an mean, option with a changeling. Yeah. Okay. Dispel magic. Ah. Oh, oh no! Borno is being kept alive by a magical pacemaker. <laughs> Does he turn into a changeling? What the hell, Beric? Okay. I say, uh, your mad Majesty, what King, sir? Uh. You ever heard the term uh, better safe than sorry? Of course. Well, that is something that we absolutely live by, except for during any sort of battle. <laughs> so so while we're on this boat, we're better safe than sorry. You've already admitted there's another something out there that looks just like you. We wanted to make sure that you were the you that it looked like. We're good. We're going to have a... Uh, oh, wow. It's 
not in his act. <laughs> We're gonna have a meeting. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey guys, we've got Dracunus some. Dracunus is back. <laughs> we've got some planning to do. Ah, uh, well, now that we're sure, uh, we're having a, a bit of a meeting to discuss the situation before we make landfall here. Very well. In in my quarters. So and then we all awkwardly wait for him to leave. Oh, you're not invited. Uh, <laughs> he is. I'm joking. Um, so if you could, uh, Rickard walks in, like, what are you guys doing? I throw a shoe at him. Hey. You guys suck. <laughs> Beric throws a sheet over the board. <laughs> Nothing. So uh, in Beric's room, there's a crazy person board. Uh which, for our listeners, um, you can find on our Facebook page. I have it pulled up right now. Yeah. Um, would you turn your screen so that I can see it too? You can find a link to it on the Facebook page, and I believe there's one pinned in the Discord now right, as well. Right, I assume most of the people listening are not on the Discord. No, no, I know. I'm just saying it's, it's there. Okay, so Barrick has crazy person board with mostly just scratches of paper with notes written on them. Um, obviously, and a few newspaper clippings maybe... But obviously he doesn't, you know, we don't have photography, so he doesn't have photographs and Beric's not an artist, so he hasn't drawn anything up. It's just notes. And in the center of one sort of spiral, there's the, what's something labeled as the Cabalrine Pact. I'll let, Beric, I'll let Eric direct things around here. Uh, and then in... Um, this is Crass standing next to the board gesturing as Beric gives his presentation. Right. <laughs> Um, and if you've seen it before, there used to be one that had all the Riodrin stuff on it, and there was another with the Swords of Liberty, and there was another, there's just always been this note of the Dream Thieves sitting over in a corner, um, but it's been rearranged on the trip, um, and Beric has moved the Mabar incursions over to the side, uh, as he has now realized that the Lich was, in fact, Chance, and therefore, as... As Luke and Osteroth suggested, this is not the case. This is not the key thing. So Beric says, <clears throat> all right, so since this began, we've been chasing the shadows from Mabar. We've encountered this lich over and over again. Uh, it's either been following us or we've just been extremely unlucky or lucky, I guess. We've also I, interrupted several things. I feel like a strong case for the former on that one, Beric. <sighs> I don't know. We've interrupted several things he was trying to do. That is true. In any case... We now know that the Lich was a changeling, um, and from information given to us by Dex, we know that that changeling uh, had, in some way or another, been dominated by a group called the Inspired, who are in Riedra. Do you know anything else about what how that works? I mean, Dex is going to say what he thinks. Uh, all right, uh, best I can tell, here's how it goes. You, uh, it seems like people get kind of worn down, you know, or 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 the longer they're uh, Dex wouldn't say proselytized because he doesn't know that word, but he knows a word similar to it, and he would say that. Uh, the longer that they're uh, talked to about it, if they start to believe in it, uh, there are, are these obelisks. Uh, <laughs> thank you. There are these obelisks that uh, they go and they touch, and best I can tell, they zap out and somebody else zaps in. And so the body is re-inhabited by a different entity, uh, and that's what they call the Inspired. I don't know where they're from. I do know that they are dangerous, that they are apparently bent on world domination. Now, uh, when I was uh, in Sarlona, we were just concerned about them trying to ruin the rest of Riedra, uh, or the rest of Sarlona. They'd already, they ran Riedra, uh, but, but place names are hard for Dex. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I know that my brother's all are, uh, now, my other brothers seem like 
you know, everything's fine. One of them, one of them captains a, uh, a shipping vessel. Uh, I mean, it's not him anymore. It's that inspired in his body. Captains a shipping vessel. Um, but, but all inspired are evil. And, and the, as far as I know, you can only get taken over by touching one of the obelisks. I don't know that they can, they can jump into your head without asking. Uh, right. Oh, <clears throat> Lady Omarin is there, right? Sure. Okay. She speaks up and says, now, is, Booyah, I, I was led to believe that you had experience with the obelisks as well. Do you have any additional insight to provide with your experience? All Booyah know is from examining, fiddling with tools, he able to turn off, make dormant. Did that have any effect on your brethren that were taken over once you turned off the obelisk were their minds freed no no not not free at all still that was not the case with lord amanatu either still still that way so you agree <laughs> i agree that he continued to act the way that he acted says barricade uh, yes, sheer stubbornness no, no change <laughs> no change in <laughs> tribe members <laughs> and crass kind of not so we have to assume that once somebody has been taken they're gone no comeback. For the moment, we have no way of, we have no way, we have no known way of solving, of curing this condition. Magic, like removing curses that would remove curses does not solve it. Mm. Um, <clears throat> now, that raises the question, what are the inspired doing in Riedra, or in, uh, in Mabar? Why was Chance using Mabar to invade? And I believe that I have the answer. We had a conversation with one Lucan Ostra, a vampire and a bearer of the Cavalrian Pact, which was a pact formed to defend the world against an extraplanar invasion by something that Ostroth refers to as the Dream Thieves. We saw a lot of talk about these same creatures in Goblin and in Giant Ruins in our, challenge, in our travels. Ostroth proposed in our conversation, that the pl home plane of the Dream Thieves, and I don't know what it is, but that the home plane of the Dream Thieves has been cut off from Eberron. They're unable to travel from their home plane to this one. But he suggested that they would try to travel to another plane, take that plane and use it as a bridge into our world. The same thing was suggested to us by, uh, well, I have less reason to be sure he knows anything about it, as we don't have much acquaintance with him. Um, and to my knowledge, no one's spoken to him since. Uh, but we did meet a lycanthrope called... Sigur. Sigur. Um, and as I say, I don't believe any of us have gone back and had a conversation with him since then. I meant to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to bring that up because we talked about the, about the underworld. Uh, you know what? Um, I, I'm, I, I'm, I just kind of clear my throat. Barrick knows I went. <laughs> like I didn't say anything, but Barrick knows I went. So when he says, uh, "To my knowledge, no one else has talked to him," I just, I just do this. I just go, <coughs> and then quiet. Uh, <laughs> and then I wink at Barrick because I'm still trying to keep it light. <laughs> he suggested that one of the causes of the original lycanthropic plague uh, was that some creatures from outside Lamania, Lamania uh, invaded Lamania, took over some of the lycanthropes who live there, and then used them to invade Eberron, causing what we know as the lycanthropic plague. Now those two things together point to the idea that these creatures, that the dream thieves, are capable of taking over the native creatures of a plane. We also know that this is what happened to the giants, in the giant empire. We know that the giants were taken over 
by entities called the Dream Threes from our own experiences in the catacombs mm. uh, beneath. We never found out the name of that city we went to, which is a great disappointment to me. But the city under which we met Ostra. So we have three occasions in which the, the Dream Thieves show, display the ability to take over the native creatures of a plane in order to take it over. We know they attempted to do it directly with the giants. We know that they have that something has done it in the bar, and we have reason to believe something did it in Lamania. So I believe that this draws a connection between whatever these beings, the Dream Thieves, are and the Riedrin inspired. Amantu was changed by the obelisk, and he displayed similar powers to Echo, who was also clearly changed by whatever was done to him in, in Mabar or elsewhere, um, by, by chance or whoever, whoever chance's overlords are. I still don't know why, but that, I believe, is what is happening. As to why the Riedrins are militarily expanding, uh, have performed a coup in Breland, have invaded Stormreach outright, I don't know. Nor do I know why take a soft, quiet approach in Breland, but an all-out military invasion in Stormreach. Uh, but the Riedrin inspired have some connection to these beings. I can uh, speak to the Stormreach invasion. Is this Borno? Um, that's something that many people have been asking for for quite some time of me. Uh, piracy in the Thunder Sea is a problem. So the Dragon Marked Houses guilds they all wanted us because we had the strongest military force post the war to take care of the storm reach problem obviously i have an affinity for storm reach so i would never do that but if if somebody were trying to curry favor with the important people of corvair taking out the pirates would be a good first step and the uh, the thunder sea you mentioned that's some sort of amusement park that's what we're over right <laughs> <now. laughs> I think they'll find that contrary to their interests as a proper government in Stormreach would imply all sorts of regulation, which the Dragonmarked Houses do not like. Um, fine. Uh, then we have that explanation. But in any case, that seems to be what's going on. And as to what we do about it or how we stop it, I have no idea. Uh, I don't know how to get to the home plane of these beings. And I don't know what we would accomplish if we went there. No idea. Um, we, obviously, we can't go to Mabar to fight them and live at least not so far as I understand things. So uh, I have a couple of ideas. We know the future location of one of their agents. He looks at Dex and waits for the coin to drop. Boy, it, I want it to. Oh, Christ, yeah. All right. <coughs> we know where Strength will be. Right, one of the ones who, who's posing as my brother is going to be at the big party that, that I, I know i'm looking you at see it see the color drain from omarin's face as this conversation begins yeah uh i would get his i would get his name wrong i know i'm looking at it right now but this is dex <laughs> yeah you true to him at um oh marty decaneth mark martin merricks merkin merricks right right he's gonna have a big party uh i remember there's gonna be some expensive stuff there and some rocks and my brother's gonna be there um we had heard about this from Baron last night before we knew what he was and turned down the opportunity to get there. Seems maybe we turned down the opportunity to be hired thieves. Well, no, yeah, I, I was, I, I wasn't speaking <laughs> for brevity's sake. We turned down the opportunity to get there. Uh, but I guess now we're gonna go. I don't know, but I may, I mean, it makes sense. Like, I don't know what capturing him would do. Like, I don't know what we could do with him once we had him. 
Well, I know one thing it'll do is it's going to cause him to turn into a big purple scorpion. <laughs> Possibly. Although Chance didn't. Well, he had his own thing going on right up till the last possible second. That's fair. But you're right. He didn't. Uh, he, I guess that very well could have happened even right before he had died. And uh, anyway, um, Crast <clears throat> clears his throat and speaks up for a second. There's, um, there's been a question in my mind, and I'm glad that we're having this meeting because I, I don't, I don't know the answer, but I feel like it's a question that none of us have been asking. And it goes back to the beginning when you all told me and Theradak what had happened in the faded forest. Why? Why are they doing what they're doing? I mean, why are they taking children? Well, I can only speculate. But if I'm to speculate, I would say they're taking them and changing them in the way that they changed Echo. My, my theory is they're not staying in Mabar. They're using Mabar as a big, scary gateway that sure did throw us off the scent for a while to take them somewhere else where they, yeah, they, they reconstruct their minds or just take over their minds or their bodies or whatever. Um, and then possibly, I think, I think Jacob really did run and hide and survived that way. And the kids that aren't able to do that, go through and come back out on the other side, probably in a different place. Doesn't matter. They don't need their connections because they're not themselves anymore. I mean, they retain their memories, but they don't care about the memories of the previous host of that body, you know? Sure. But they could still use their position. It's yeah, they could sleeper agents. be spies or something. I don't know. I don't think that's necessarily the kids. I think if they were to take you or me, uh, well, not you or me, uh, but if they were to take, let's say, uh, and I they say of another Stormlord. I, I understand your point. You know, Stormlord, Stormlord Dave, Dave Dixon. Uh, he's in charge of the um, crops. Uh, but, uh, you know, they take him. Yeah, they'd return him right back to where he was. Right. These kids, I assume they're just seeding places. Cause sure. Because his parents, if a kid disappears, like Jacob did, for even three or four days, and then come back, the slightest difference is going to be noticed by people in the town. Probably not the parent. They're going to be excited to have the kid back. There's evidence of that. Not here, here, or there. Uh, <coughs> yeah, no, I think you're right. I think that's exactly what they're doing. They're taking them. They're programming them or reformatting them uh, and, uh, bringing them back over seeding a, I don't know, a, a resistance, an army. I don't know. I want to know what insights Oriana got from staring terrified at this murder board for a few nights while she stayed in your room. <laughs> I just wanted that shiny thing. And now I'm on this boat with these weirdos. <laughs> it's a fine theory. Um, to say that these, my brothers and was talking Oriana. Okay. Oh, why, why is Oriana here? Oriana's not here. I was joking. Oh, okay. I would not have invited Oriana here to talk. You about addressed her to okay. talk about the horrifying no. thing that I told. I told the room that a joke. That's what I do. <laughs> okay, as you were. Yeah, sorry. No. Come, Oriana. Let's talk about the thing that dragged your brothers through a horrible black portal. Remember a couple days ago when <laughs> your brothers effectively died? We're gonna have a chat. Uh, I guess. My question would be, why? what would there be gained from having a sleeper agent living in the house of a blacksmith in Miss Marsh? Well, that, pre- that assumes they return them to where they started. So it's just orphans? Like I said, I don't think children are necessary. Know. I mean, here's the thing. As I say, I'm speculating. We're clearly <laughs> fighting something that plays a long game here. It invaded the giant empire tens of thousands of years ago. I watched my brothers all come around and join this force. 
simply because people talked to him for a while, kept talking to him and kept talking to him. They went to camps in the summers, had altar calls. I don't know what happened. How long did it take? How long did you notice the change in your brothers? Uh, wasn't it uh, Connor was the first to come around and then Strint. Uh, once once my oldest brother came around, right? Connor's oldest. No, no. Strint's oldest. Once one of our brothers came around, the other two uh, fell in line pretty quick. Uh, I don't know how long Connor was worked on, though. I mean, he we were busy going to school, probably, I guess. I don't really know. Working in the coal mines, iron fields, <laughs> harvesting the bugs. I don't know why, what they do why, there. Why, 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 why Dex not join brothers? Booyah, curious. Why Dex not go with I point, that? I point to my temple. I say, because up here... Not a lot's going on, and I just didn't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> Not a whole lot for them to grab on no. to latch. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I haven't put uh, Jeff hasn't put a ton of thought into why, other than he didn't like the way. You know, there were there were uh, four boys with. Uh, not a lot of means, and so Dex was always kind of a of the people kind of person. And the inspired is very much a regime and a hierarchy and was going to continue keeping oppressing the oppressed and just where Dex's head was at was not wanting to be a part of that. And then once they started, sorry, I'll, I'll do that character. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Cause Booyah generally, generally, right. you know, he's right. Genuine. Uh, well, you know, um, we didn't grow up with much and the inspired wanted to keep us not having much. And so initially uh, I just wasn't interested in being a part of, that sort of system. Uh, but then as I watched my brothers start to fall for it, start to change, become people that I didn't know, I didn't recognize and to be really frank, didn't want to know. Um, and then ultimately be gone and become different people altogether. People I didn't have a relationship with. Uh, and that's when I scooted and I ran and I went to the, uh, the Talenta planes, not the beasts, wastes or whatever. Demon wastes. Demon wastes. Uh, and never look back. And now I feel it is very clear that the decision that I made was the right one. Because if we're going to pick the bad guys of this particular situation, I'm going to vote for the inspired. So you had started to suggest some options. Strength at Merrick's place. Any other thoughts? Uh, I mean, what we had been doing before was simply gathering weapons to use against them. We continue to do that. I uh, have a couple leads in that direction. One of which is. Uh, um, are you talking about your getting gaining other pact or going Merrick's? Oh, not going to Merrick. I mean, well, I guess the stones at Merrick's are a relevant factor, also, but I, I assume that would be covered under the umbrella of that. Um, Sorry, I, the reason I asked that out of character is I don't want to make you say something you weren't prepared to say. Right. I thought you were going to talk about Merrick's, but if it's right, go ahead. Sorry. So uh, I have a couple leads in in the direction of finding weapons. Other than that, I don't know. Our plan up to this point has just been to keep waiting for the lich to show up and try to kill us, and then. Right. Not get killed, <coughs> uh, but that which seems to be over at this point. I mean, to be fair, mission accomplished. Yes, that can't be the plan anymore because we want. <sighs> well, he's he's gone. Right. Uh, as to whether they'll continue to use Mabar as a bridge, I don't know, or if they'll switch to a different plane or right. what, sir. I, what? Sorry, you all. Any of you that would be glancing in his general direction you see a confused look on Borinel's face but continue what you're doing as he's watching we uh we we tend to uh, make plans um just because you got to have something to abandon uh 
So really, I'm open to suggestions. If you, if any of you guys know something better than I do, my my thought is go get Red Rocks, go fight bad guys. Because uh, here's the thing: the 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 lich he used air quotes is gone, but I can't imagine they're going to stop using my bar as the bridge because the shadows are serviceable minions, right? And they're not going to be able. To- Huh? Presumably. They're not going to be able to convince a bunch of Celestials to... <clears throat> There's a lot of planes. I know. Oh, Lord. Whatever one of those aberrations like the Beholder and stuff are from, if they can convince them to come and help and we got 20 Beholders to fight, we got to figure something out. I just scared myself. I just pooped a little. <laughs> yes. Something to that effect was suggested to us. Or, nope. Wasn't. Barrett was not present. Um, <clears throat> suddenly, Drakir steps out of the shadows behind you. <laughs> I don't recall that conversation. The weird, creepy eye guy. Thing. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's, yes. I remember that guy. Who oh, boy, do I remember that guy? So, anyway, so that's what we, uh, that's what we have. Um, that's what we know. And the only available lead, other than gathering additional weapons, uh, is we know where a confirmed agent will be. Well, technically, we know where two confirmed agents are because we know where not King Boronel is. And I guess but right here. Strength's <laughs> probably more accessible. And, and when you say that, <coughs> Dex actually turns to Bornell and says, uh, listen, I don't I don't know if there's any way we could do this. I'm not offering anything or making any promises, but uh, how how many people that uh, you, uh, you care about are coming into daily contact with not you that we might need to warn, that we might need to abscond with? Um, what? what? <laughs> um, obviously, my children are... Um, Potentially in danger. Uh, I I have no idea who is and isn't still who they claim to be. Unfortunately, um, the only people that I am certain are still of their own mental faculties are people that I I'm not concerned about surviving in this kind of situation. Um, in fact, some of them thrive in this kind of situation. I you're talking about options about where to go to get weapons. We're on our way to one, right? I I assume. Right. Um, we're we looking I, I, for a place to go to ground. I'm I'm operating on the assumption that you've already broken the Greywall news. Oh, okay. At this point, uh, Greywall was thought of as an a place to go to ground for the moment. I mean, your weapons that you wield now, uh, right. your your amulet, your cane. Right, right, my cane. Yes, they're Dakani made. Matter of fact, they are. Yeah, and Greywall is built on the largest set of Dakani runes recorded in Corvair. Well, I mean, that's true of everywhere in Corvair. You're saying things like I ought to know them. I'm not from your town, bud. I mean, that's as I say. That's true of that's true of every place in Corvair. Sharn is built on an enormous (gasps) old. No, I'm just booyah. We can get you a Dakani thing. You can be part of the group. I just assumed that uh, going to such a terrible place. Don't you have a Dakani thing? No. Mm-mm. No, that's Barrett. That bow is no. not. My crossbow, just good crossbow. Oh, it had a stone. I thought, uh, it's not a Dakani thing, though. You built it. Right. Are you, <laughs> <laughs> Are you a Dakani? Are you a Dakani thing? No. Are you a knife thing? <laughs> I, I just assumed that there was more going on than was being spoken about we have absolutely no leads regarding Greywall. no yeah i mean basically we could, we could certainly wander around the ruins i mean that's how we dealt with the giant thing um sort of the whole gray wall decision was more a product of running for our lives in a panic Fair than enough. anything else um question answer 
No, not for you. Well, maybe for you. Hang on. And Seth. All right, not definitely not for her. Oriana's not here. <laughs> I, um, I know you hate her and them and everything they stand for. Right. Is there something to be gained by reaching out with old uh, RKB, <clears throat> which is what I will henceforth be calling the real King Bornell? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> those faces <laughs> yeah I, I think you would have got it there uh <clears throat> some uh having him reach out to old uh when we've said that one so many times i wasn't gonna <laughs> mess up uh reaching out and seeing if we can refocus the swords of liberty for the good of the uh planet <laughs> And then once maybe we fix this problem, then they can go back to being a bunch of douche nozzles. But I don't, I don't think Hades Irwinarn has any particular interest in what the Swords of Liberty claim to have any have an interest in. Right, but they uh, they I think listen. She's trying to start a war. But they listen to her. But sure. Well, I mean, she's going to get a war, right? But not the one she wants. The one that's going to leave her dead. I, on a I don't know what she wants. Dish. I don't know if she's who she says she is. Oh, son of a. Yo, okay, so we got to get to we. <laughs> How many times can you cast a spell magic in a minute? <laughs> What's master spell magic? What level is that? None. Well, get to writing. Eric, you got something to put on the, the, the DMs guild. Uh, mass, mass detects magic or dispel magic. Well, fine. Um, now you're right. I, it's not a bad idea. I just don't know if she's. Well, but it, and unfortunately, every, ba- every idea that involves talking to somebody that's not on this boat is going to be a bad idea yep. until we can figure out for sure. Well, end of episode. I think so, yes. Um, thank you all for joining us for the series of uh, mini conversations and meetings and whatnot. Thank you all so much for listening. If you want to be a part of the conversation, go ahead and head on over to the Facebook group, the Geek Pantheon. But not a part of these conversations. You can't be a part of it because they're, they're over. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, we also have a Twitter and an Instagram. If you would like to support the shows, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash thegeekpantheon. We want to thank Kevin McLeod for the use of all of his music. You can find it over at incompetech.com. And I think that's everything. So thank you all so much for listening. Once again, I'm your Dungeon Master, Eric. I'm Philip. Randy. Jeff. And we will see you next time.